You're listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cedarvale First Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry at First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarville, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarville, Kansas, 67024. So if you have a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I know you're thinking, wait a minute, Caleb, aren't we in the book of Acts? And we are. And, and Marsha asked, are you riddled with ADD? And I said, yes, I am. And so um, actually what happened this week is I, I, mean, I was doing a personal study through, through Ephesians 5. And man, it just struck me. How many of you guys have just, you've read something a dozen times in the text. You've read a Bible verse and you've read through it. And, and you've read it and it was just normal, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And then one time you read it and it just just hits you differently than it did before. Anybody else? Am I the only one? A couple of us? So I'm reading the text, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit just as I read this because, um, I, I, man, I, we live in a world that, that is, um, we live in a world where we excuse and okay immorality of all sorts and all kinds. And I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty. Where I've excused, I've winked at, I've nodded, I've laughed, I've giggled at things that breaks the heart of God. And, and so what we, are as, um, what we tend to do as Christians is we can tend to throw the gauntlet down on certain things um, that aren't in our camp on a regular basis. We can throw the gauntlet down on things like a pride parade or um, a strip club or a prostitution house because those things aren't in our wheelhouse and we're not dealing with those on a daily basis. Now, I don't want you to hear that, Caleb, are you excusing those things? No, all of those things are wicked and evil and are going to be judged by God in the full fury of his wrath. So don't hear me say, oh, you're Caleb, you're, you're excusing those things. I'm absolutely not. Those are wicked and horrible things. But the, when you read the word of God, um, we can see here that God is more laser focused on sexual immorality than we actually realize. And what we've done in our culture is we've been so dulled and lulled to sleep over impurities and immoralities that meant most of us in the church are doing the very thing that God says don't do. And I, I'm just as guilty. And so as I read through this text uh, this week, I was like, ouch. And the Holy Spirit convicted me where I was wrong, where I had been, where I had winked and giggled and excused and okayed certain things that um, shouldn't be excused or okayed. So I want to start in chapter 5, verse 1, but we're going, to, we're going to move backwards, but we'll start in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. We see the text where it says here, this very verse, first verse, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, I'm going to stop right there on that text because the first word in the text is the word therefore. 
And the reason the word therefore is there is because we need to pay attention. That, that is a sign that you need to pay attention to what was said before this verse. So we need to back up into Ephesians chapter 4 where we're going to find the reason that there is a therefore in verse or chapter 5. So I want to go back up a couple verses in chapter 4 into verse 21. This is talking about the new life in Christ. This is talking about those that have been ransomed and redeemed and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. So verse 21, chapter 4, verse 21. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So assuming that you've heard the gospel, assuming that you have heard the word of God preached and proclaimed, here's what you're supposed to do. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through the deceitful desires. So because of the things that have happened in your past, because you've been set free by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, here's what you're supposed to do. Throw off, put off the old self. Verse 23. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on. So verse 22 says to put off something. The former sinful self is to be put off. Verse 24 says now put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So there's, a, there's an emphasis on righteousness and holiness. The pursuit of these things. You're to put on righteousness and holiness. So now, 25. Therefore, because of these things, having put away all falsehoods, let each of us speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one to one of another. Be angry and sin not. So it's not a sin to be angry. There are certain things to be angry about. But the text tells us, be angry, but don't sin. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or your anger. So don't don't go to bed angry. That's what the text tells us. Did you know that if you talk to doctors, it is proven if you go to bed angry, you're going to have more health issues, you're going to have more heart issues, you're going to have more physical ailments if you go to bed angry and bitter. Wow. Wow. Science and the Bible match. Imagine that. Okay. Um, verse 27. Don't give an opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone that's in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up and fit for the occasion. That it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Now, in context, we're we're talking about immorality, but this is going to focus really hard on our language. Let no corrupting talk. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you talk. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, 
as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. So you to forgive as you've been forgiven. So now, now we know what the reason for therefore. Therefore, be an imitator of God. We understand that therefore means that we have to look back at this text in verse chapter 4. Now, as a result of hearing the gospel, hearing the word preached, therefore you now know what you're supposed to do. Because you've been told by the word of God, this is what you're supposed to do with your life. These are the instructions on what you are to do and how you're to live. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. These first two verses here, verses 1 and 2, We as Christians are to imitate God. So as a result of hearing the word preached, and we hear the things that are happening, and assuming that you've heard the word of Christ, these are the things you're supposed to do. Going through all these things in chapter 4, this is what you're supposed to have. This is how we're supposed to live as Christians. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to be different. And so we see in verse 2 what he's like. So we're supposed to imitate God in verse 1. Verse 1 says, imitate God as beloved children. How is God? Who is God? We as Christians are to imitate Him, and we find out that we're to walk in love. And and the way we imitate God is we imitate His his nature and character. And how do we find out who He is? How do we find out what God's nature and character is? He's written it all down here in the book you're holding this morning. You're holding the nature and character of God in your hands when you read this text. When you read the scriptures, you know what God expects of us. And so we see in verse 2, we're to walk in the love of God and give ourselves up like a fragrant offering, a sacrifice. We're to give ourselves over as a sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're to sacrifice ourselves by denying the things that our very sinful nature wants. Our sin nature is still kicking and still there. The scripture calls it the old man. The old, the old sin nature. Our sin nature has not been eliminated yet in this life. It is something that we have to fight. Paul says, I box that thing. I fight my old nature every single day. And that is what we're supposed to do. And how do we do that? We do that by giving ourselves as a fragrant offering and denying the things that our very sin nature wants us to do. So our sin nature will excuse, okay, and wink at certain things. And we can see in verse 3 and 4 here in just a second, we can see that our flesh, this is what our flesh wants to do. Look at verse 3 and 4. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. Verse 4. Let therefore no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So what this is saying in verse 3 is that even talking about sexual immorality of any type, any impurities of any type in the light, in a light or joking manner or a cavalier manner is not to even 
be named, not even to be talked about by a Christian. Because here's the thing, when we joke about immorality or make light of impurities, this can open the door to immorality in our lives. We as Christians can okay certain immoralities when we start to make it a joke. And that is what the culture has been doing for decades. Is we take immorality, the thing that is wicked and evil and horrible, and we've made it a... a, a, (laughs) uh, That's what she said. (laughs) It's a joke. It's cute. It's funny. There's nothing funny about this at all. There's nothing funny about this at all. Um, We open the door for immorality in our lives. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, so as a man thinks, so so it is in his heart. As a man thinketh, so he is in his heart. So Paul gives us a deeper idea in verse 4 of what this is. So he tells us in verse 3, this sexual immorality and all impurity shouldn't even be talked about by believers. And then he goes a little bit further in this, what that looks like. Verse 4, let, let, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place. So this text says in context, don't even utter sexually immoral talk out of your mouth. That includes dirty jokes. Sex stories that are tongue-in-cheek, that, that are just giggly funny, <laughs> and just making light of it. And making, making it sort of kind of whimsical and funny. Um, any type of language like this is out of place. Filthy or degrading talk, music. Um, like this is the thing that we, we can tend to do. There's some music that some of us have listened to. But man, if I walked in here and just said the words that are those lyrics, you'd throw me out of my ear. Which you should. But we listen to it with a little bit of a beat and some harmonies and some, la- and some music. And it's a, it's a top 40 hit. That degrades women. That degrades the, the covenant of marriage. That degrades um, the Bible. That we do these things in tongue and cheek and culture has worn us down. It's a slow fade and it wears us down. Where 40 years ago, there would have been men and women in arms saying, listen, this isn't going to happen. There's a re- I, mean, I watched Elvis a couple weeks ago. They almost threw that brother in jail because he was shaking his hips. Because they, the parents of that day knew exactly what that meant. They knew what that meant. And so they're like, uh uh-uh, uh, uh. there's a reason he almost got thrown in jail. Because there was a day and time where men and women held this word as a standard. This is what God says. We ain't trifling with this. But we've been worn down by culture and Satan for so long that we're just, we're willing to trifle with God. Like that's a dangerous place to be in. So Paul gives this deeper context. Let there be no filthiness that comes out of your mouth. Don't let anything immoral come out of your mouth. Don't crude joking. It shouldn't even be named among believers. Don't do this. Period. And then verse five gives a now. You say, "Well, Caleb, what what does this mean?" Look at verse five. Verse five gives us a warning. For you may be sure of this one thing: that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, or an idolater, has 
absolutely no inheritance in the kingdom of God. So in context, in context, this includes sexually immoral joking. That everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, this is talking about tongue-in-cheek immorality, as well as the actual act of immorality. God lumps those in who okay and wink and giggle and joke about immorality as the same as those who practice immorality. That's, that's heavy stuff. That's not something to be trifled with because he says, and this is how he makes it clear, you may be sure of this one thing. You do this, you don't go to heaven. Or bring it into language of 2022. You, won't, you don't go to heaven. That, that's pure, plain, and simple. So in context, this is what it looks like. Immorality should be avoided by all costs. And when you allow these types of things to get into your heart, into your mind, it will eventually manifest itself in a physical lifestyle and defile everything. Because if you could joke about it, it's not as bad. If you can giggle about it, it's not as bad. If you can just excuse it, it's not as bad. Now, what can happen when people hear... Okay, so here's what happens. A lot of people can hear this kind of stuff and they say, Well, Caleb, wait, 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 Pastor... Wait, 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 wait. You need to lighten up. It's 2022. Lighten up, Pastor. You are, that's narrow-minded thinking. That is, that's old school. We're enlightened now. It's 2022. We've been through multiple sexual revolutions. Look at us now. Look how awesome we are. Are we? Are we? Pastor, you're, you're being way too narrow on this. And, and I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest here. So have I. I've been way too light on this. I've been way too cavalier in my thinking on. Because I want to fit. Man, I've been in circles. I've been in places where I want to. I want to fit in. I want to. I don't want to be the odd man out. I want. I don't want to be the guy that rocks the boat. I don't want to be the guy that that says, "Oh, don't be." As 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 my grandparents used to say. Don't be a square. You guys remember that? Don't be a square. That means don't don't be the guy that's don't be a prude. Don't be a a loser. Don't be a jerk. Don't be don't be this guy. Quit it. Loosen up, Caleb. Be a little bit more flexible on this stuff. So, don't be a killjoy, Caleb. Every ounce of this is thrown into the fire when you read verse six. Let no one deceive you with his empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. This is for those folks that say, well, Caleb, whoa, 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 lighten up. Quit being such a square. Quit being such a hard nose on this. Stop being a killjoy. It's just a joke. We're just joking. God's not joking. God says, do not let anyone deceive you with their empty words about this. God's wrath is coming on those who do this. I want to, I'll, I'll read it in um, the New Living Translation because I, I like this, what it says. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all of those who disobey Him. So they'll be, oh, Caleb, lighten up. So it's very clear, very direct, 
as to what we are not to be doing in this text. Do not do these things. And if you do these things, if you excuse these things, God's wrath will fall on you. It will happen. So this, this means, like, listen, don't participate. Now listen to this, verse 7. Like, it's very clear. Look at verse 7. Because this is where... We'll get there in a minute. I'm getting ahead. Verse 7. Don't participate or partner in the things these people do. Don't participate or partner in the things that these people do. So this means if you got to cut ties with people, you got to cut ties with people. And this is where it's difficult in the world in which we live. And I understand it's easier to stand here and say these things than to actually do them. Now, I get it that it's easier to stand. Because, listen, I can stand here all day and tell you this is what we're supposed to do. It's another thing when you've got to cut ties with family, cut ties with friends, cut ties with people that are immoral. What's the text say? Don't participate or partner with them. This means don't excuse this kind of sin. Like this is serious stuff. And I understand that we have people we love who are engaged in this kind of stuff and we wink and we, that's ah, not that bad. It is that bad. It is. Verse 8 and 12 tell us what we're to be doing. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. You're the light of the Lord. We just sang it. The kids just sang it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What does a light do? A light exposes darkness. Keep reading. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all good and right things. Things that are true. Verse 10. And try to discern what, the, what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what makes God pleased. We're to try to figure out how to please the Lord Jesus Christ because the thing our friends and family will not be holding is our eternity. Your eternity is not held by your family. Your eternity is not held by your friends. Your eternity is held by the Lord Jesus Christ and where you spend it. We've got to remember Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Who are you trying to please? If we're trying to please man, we would not be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to, we are to please the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Verse 11 of Ephesians. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do. Like, this is hard. As I read this this week, the Holy Spirit punched me six, seven, eight times right in the heart because I'm guilty. I've, ex I've, I've made excuses. I've played the game. I've joked. I've made crude, coarse jokes because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to get a laugh. When sin is exposed... Okay, listen. It is shameful to even joke about these kinds of things or to talk in light, cavalier manner about immorality or impurity. 
when, when I, and I know that this kind of preaching is not popular because this kind of stuff draws a very clear and definitive line in our lives and man our sin nature does not like it it doesn't like it 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 just doesn't verse 13 says but when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible when when sin is exposed it can be gotten rid of it's when we keep it hidden under a rug that it will be given permission to rule our lives. If we drag our sin into the street and into the light and we expose it and we kill it, it won't own us any further. But the moment that you keep it hidden and just, oh, it's my pet little sin, it will rule your life. And we know the word says in Romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death. It will kill you. It won't rule you if you expose it to the light. Verse 14, for anyone that becomes visible in the light, therefore it says, awaken, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up to this fact. Wake up to the fact that we live in a culture that is absolutely immoral and impure, and we need to expose it, and we need to repent where we've been um, lackadaisical, and cavalier in our in our approach to this wake up to this fact awaken from your sinful induced slumber and repent of your sins and Christ will shine on you verse this is verse 15 and 16 these are often quoted verses but man in context this makes a whole it's a whole different ball game look carefully then how you should walk as not as unwise but as wise making the best use of your time because the days are evil We're to walk in the light of wisdom. Like, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're to walk in the light of wisdom when it comes to our speech, when it comes to our actions, our activities, and we're to make the best use of our time. Are those off-color jokes the best way to use your time? Are those impure actions and words to be... Is that the best use of your time? Is it? Listen, we're in a war We are in a spiritual war, and if you're in the actual firefight, you're not going to make a sex joke. You're going to be like, man, I want to get my head blown off. If I'm out in the trenches with a rifle, I'm not going to be like, yeah, that's what she said. Look at that. We wouldn't be doing that. We're going to be focused. Man, look, quiet. The enemy's over there. I'm going to, I got to watch. We'd be focused on what we're supposed to be focused on. If you're in a firefight, you're not, you're not joking and being silly. You won't giggle at impurities if you understood the repercussions of this war. You're thinking, man, I, I just need to stay alive. I just got to stay alive. So walk in wisdom and make the best use of your day. Make the best use of your time. Every day that you live so that God will be pleased with you. And look at verse 17 through 20. <clears throat> and, and, oh, I'm over. I'm in chapter 6 now. 17 says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand these things. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but let us be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with our hearts, 
giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, like, this is the idea here. Like, we're to, we're to figure out what our lives are supposed to be. Like, listen, we need to, don't be foolish. Don't be a fool is what this is telling, but understand what's happening here. Now, don't, don't get drunk, Joe White. Now, he said, Caleb, what does this have to do, getting drunk, what does that have to do with immorality? Joe White, who was a friend of mine, once said, alcohol and morals are tied together. If you go out and you get wasted and lose your moral bearings, um, you're going to make decisions that are unwise. Anybody of us ever, anybody in the room ever done that? A couple of us? I'll be honest. Your pastor's made some foolish decisions because of alcohol. That's, that's a stupid thing to do. That's a foolish thing to do. That's what the text tells us. Don't get drunk. That's debauchery. What do you, don't be filled with, you're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not a liquid spirit. Amen? Like that's, that's it. One, one, of the, one of the things that the, the fruits of the Spirit, the Holy, it says be filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is to be self-controlled. That means to be self-governed. To be able to govern yourself and be able to do what's proper, to do what's right. And you will be able to, to be, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to do what's right. When you're filled with a, with a liquid spirit, you, man, all that goes away. I've seen men let their mouths in a drunken stupor overload their backside. How many of us in the room maybe got our backside handed to us because we were Anybody? Okay, I'm just checking. Our focus, lastly, our focus is on godly things. Listen, the music that we listen to, it's, man, what we input into our minds, everything we listen to, everything we go watch, it's a sermon of a worldview. Man, I, I just finished writing a blog for this thing over, oh, man, I went in, in, in the hopes of going, I wanted to go see... The latest Marvel film, the MC. I love, man, I, for the last 10 years, I've enjoyed Marvel. I've enjoyed Iron Man. I've enjoyed Captain America. I've enjoyed Thor. All these great stories. I've enjoyed them. And I went with anticipation and excitement over this movie. And man, all through the film, it's littered with homosexual references, nodding and giggling at sexual innuendos, male, female homosexuality and it's an agenda that's being shoved down our throats and it's only come about in the last couple of years when in that, at least in that film that film industry, for the last 10 years we haven't seen any of that stuff, it's just been good versus evil, which that's a theme of the Bible a, a, someone coming in to save those that need to be saved who could that be? Hmm, Christ right? Like, and I get it, these are not Christian films, but the themes are there. And then when you start it, the storytelling because of the sexual politics, it absolutely destroys the storyline. It does. But we've had over the last couple of years, employees in these film industries saying, listen, our goal, they stated this in meetings, they've got the conference video of them saying, my, my goal is to sprinkle it in here, 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 and everything from little kids cartoons all the way 
up to films that adults watch. This stuff is serious and God's wrath is coming for this. And if you're in the wake of this, you will experience God's wrath. We're called to do and follow godly things. We're we're to address one another in the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Listen, godly music is a necessity in a Christian's life. Songs that have proper theology and good, wholesome, godly lyrics are a necessity for a believer. Studying the word will manifest a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness. But that's what the text tells us we're to do. Because remember in chapter 4, where you, you've been aware of this, assuming you've heard the word preached, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to study things and focus on things that bring about righteousness and holiness, according to chapter 4, verse 24. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm telling you guys, we are in a war, and I have failed. But a lot of us in the room have too. What do we need to do? You got one of two things you could do today. You could go number number one. You could just say, listen, I think you're crazy, Caleb. I think you're way too narrow-minded. I think you're just a fundamentalist. But listen, I am a fundamentalist. I believe the fundamentals of the scriptures. That's what this says. I am a fundamentalist when it comes to the fundamentals of the faith. I believe God's word and we will be held accountable for what we have in front of us. So you can say, Caleb, I think you're crazy. And, and that, that's not really what the Bible says. Um, I, I, I want to continue doing what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. I want to continue to listen to, watch, say, and do all those things. And listen, you're living in, your, in a world of self-deception. And that will end up to your own detriment and demise. Listen, I know that a lot of people in here play these types of games with people, and they're a dangerous thing to play. And listen, I know that what we're saying here is the reason most people don't want to be a biblical Christian. Because we have so much riding on, I could lose so much. Listen, if you want to follow Christ, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you everything. Read Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 says, if you don't hate your own mother in comparison to how you love Christ, you can't even get in. Now you say, wait a minute, I'm supposed to hate my mom? No. It means your love and abandonment for the things of the Lord Jesus Christ shouldn't even be compared with how, listen, my wife loves Jesus way more than she loves me. And because she loves Jesus so much, she can love me. That's the truth. That's what it's supposed to look like. But it's going to cost you everything. Look at all throughout the text. The disciples had to give up everything. Remember, remember when he said, well, let, let first let me, let me go back to my house and say goodbye to my parents. Jesus said, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Well, let me go bury my mom. Let me go bury my dad. Jesus said, the dead will bury themselves. You want to follow Christ? It's going to cost you everything. You talk to the Muslims in Iran and Saudi Arabia that 
are following Christ. They gave up their parents, their siblings, their everything, their homes, their livelihoods. They gave it all up for the things of Jesus. You say, well, Caleb, I don't want to give up crude joking. I like those. They're funny. I don't want to give up those kind of movies. I like going. Listen, I'm saying this is a guy that really struggled with this. After I left the film, I was like, oh, so convicted by God that I've been doing this and I've been excusing it for the last three or four Marvel films because I wanted to watch them. My sin nature wanted to see it. So I could just excuse the sexual politics, the primary homosexual politics. I could excuse the immorality because I wanted to see the fun action scenes. How dare I? How wicked am I that I did that? I had to repent and ask God to forgive me. So you could say, man, I think you're crazy. That is not what that says. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Okay, cool. You've got a problem and you need to repent. So that's number one. Number two, you could come before God and repent and ask for forgiveness. And then make a personal declaration that you, as a Christian, will do as God has instructed you to do. What has he instructed us to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 1 and 2 of chapter 5. Therefore... Be an imitator of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering. So you're to imitate God by giving yourself up as an offering, a sacrifice. You give up your right to be able to do the things you want to do and associate with the things that are worldly. You say, Caleb, i got family. And? And? I got people. What do I? You should witness to them. You should share the gospel with them. If they don't turn, what does the text say? Don't partner or participate with darkness. When you partner and participate with darkness, you're okaying it. Well, Caleb, that doesn't sound loving. The most loving thing you can do is expose the evilness for what it is and call them to repent. That is the most loving thing to do because they are heading for an eternity of wrath. If you really, like this is, the, like I heard a guy say this one time. Most Christians don't believe that there's actually a hell. Because if we really truly believe that there was a hell, we would be echoing every single day to those we work with, those we live with, those we're around, our family members. You're going. And you need to stop and you need to trust Christ. Listen, we know they're going, like you know some of your friends and family members that are going to hell, but you don't want to say anything because you I'll get ostracized. Yes, you're going to get ostracized. Yes, you're going to get cut, ties cut. We're to be imitators of God. And we're to give ourselves up as a fragrant offering. This is why, listen, this is why most people don't want to associate themselves with biblical Christianity. That's the reason we've got most people in the church that are cultural Christians. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 7. We've got cultural Christians who are on a different path than biblical Christians. <clears throat> chapter seven, Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many that are on this path. Verse 14. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. It's difficult that leads to life everlasting. And there are very, very, very few that find it. Why? Because both these avenues 
say this way to heaven. I don't have to give anything up on this way. The wide road is super easy. I don't have to give anything up. I can do what I want with whoever I want. I can excuse. I can giggle. I can laugh. I don't have to sacrifice. I don't have to do anything that causes me discomfort. That's what the wide road is. Satan has put a big banner across the wide road. says, hey, this way to heaven. And then you're going to get to the end of this thing in verse 23. And it's going to say what? Verse 22. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy in your name? That means preach. Come on. And, and didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do many mighty works in your name? And then Jesus is going to look at these people very clearly and say, I don't even know who you are. I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you who are a worker of lawlessness. Like, therefore, when we see this, the old is supposed to be dead. What did the text say in Ephesians 4? Put off the old and put on the new. The old is you, the old dead you. And I, I, listen, I made this declaration this week to my wife. You can ask her, listen, I'm sorry that I have not led properly. Where I've giggled at things that God hates. I'm sorry. The old, and I told her, it said, the old me is dead. The old me is dead. The Christ-filled me is here to stay. If you don't like that, I guess you can throw me out. But the Christ-filled me is here to stay. And that's going to benefit me and those that are around me in the long haul. As we end this, I want to, I want to quote somebody. His name is John Bevere. I don't agree with him 100% on everything, but man, he was spot on on this quote. He says, you might be tempted to run from the process. Don't. The enemy plays dirty. You will have to fight to guard your heart, your words, and your thoughts. But this process will lead to your promotion. Seasons of comfort don't transform us into what God desires us to be. It is the messy seasons, the exhausting seasons, the overwhelming seasons, and the confusing seasons. Press on. There is a breakthrough. There is no breakthrough without a battle. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't say, well, Kali Caleb, this is difficult. I'm throwing the towel in. That's just proof that you need to be saved if you're willing to throw the towel in. It's something like this. But this is biblical Christianity. There is a difference between biblical and cultural Christians. Cultural Christians will excuse sexual immorality and impurities and engage in those things and those practices. And biblical Christians will say, man, that's like the plague. I need to stay away from it. That's wicked. I need to stay away from it. We will hate the things that God hates and we will love the things that God loves. But here's the thing. God created sex. It's a beautiful gift that God created for the covenant of marriage. Period. And if you're outside of that covenant and you're giggling and you're laughing and you're participating in, God says, stop it! You used to be in darkness. Now you're not in the dark. You're children of light. Walk as children in light. Don't give up. 
Keep pushing in. Keep pressing towards the things of God. And I promise you, at the end of this, it's going to be tremendously better. There's going to be way better things that happen in your life if you follow and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're called to do. You've been listening to a sermon from Pastor Caleb Gordon of First Baptist Church of Cedarville, Kansas. We pray this message encourages and blesses you this week. If you'd like to join us to worship in person, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 418 Monroe Street in Cedarville, Kansas. We would love to see you. Find out more about us online at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Baptist. If these messages bless you in any way, please consider giving to help support the ministry of First Baptist Church. Our mailing address is First Baptist Church, Cedarville, Kansas, P.O. Box 456, Cedarville, Kansas 67024. God bless you.